Welcome to Super Agent Podcast. This podcast strives to promote healthy aging and amplify caregiver voices while raising awareness about dementia. Thank you for listening. I am your host, Fatou Sisi. Today, I am speaking and smiling with Jim Flaherty, who was a madman on New York City's Madison Avenue, an innkeeper, father, grandfather, great-grandfather, a caregiver of a partner with dementia, and now an author. Jim's new book, Old Friend, Dear Old Friends, a loving reminder the band won't stop playing till you stop dancing, tackles the most important part of aging healthfully, your mental attitude being involved with living and loving life every day. Jim speaks, writes, and gives care from an interesting viewpoint. He's 86 years old, and he told me he's going on 60, but Jim is 86. Beside his book, he has been a guest blog speaking to aging women and is a frequent speaker at elderly residents and rehab centers. Jim is also a director of his church and says, with an aging congregation, it's important to keep them involved mentally and spiritually. I am super duper excited and truly honored to have Jim on this podcast and looking forward to our conversation. So welcome, Jim. Thanks, Fatu. Delighted to be here. You're very welcome. So as a thriving super agent yourself, Jim, at 86, what does super agent means to you? I feel very strongly mm-hmm. that every day is a miracle. There are no guarantees that we'll wake up on the right side of the grass, <laughs> you know. But my late great mother taught me, she said, when you face your most severe critic every morning, it's mm-hmm. that person in your bathroom mirror. Ah, you yourself. Can, <laughs> you, can, you can face yourself and you have a choice. You can say, you can growl and scowl and say, good God, another day. Or you can smile sweetly at that person and mm-hmm. say, Good God, another day. That's right. And I, and I do that every day. It that may sound beautiful. it may sound corny, but I'll I'll tell you, Fatu, it helps me. <laughs> you know, way to be grateful and you know, and experience it by telling yourself, you know, those words. I, th- I think it's important. Yes. True. So your writing expertise, Jim, is on frictions, romance, mistresses, sex, women, friends, <laughs> right? <laughs> Lessons learned. We're not talking right? about all that. <laughs> that's right, but that's your writing expertise now. So what took you to pen down a novel about aging or Dear old friends, a loving reminder that the man won't stop playing until you stop dancing. 
you know, it seems the name really seems very close to your head. So tell us more, tell us that the journey that took you to that, that, that route. I'm happy to. All my life, all my life I do. I mean, from the time I was a teenager and I wasn't a a hip, super hip, (laughs) advanced teenager, just a normal, a a nice kid. I was a good kid. Mm -hmm. I always, I always had friends 20 to 50 years older. Now, (laughs) and then I listened to them. I mean, when I was 40, my closest friends were between 75 and 80. And I listened to them and they'd say, turn left, turn right. Don't do that. That's stupid. Why are you doing that? Or that's, or also that's Mm -hmm. wonderful. That's wonderful, Jim. Mm -hmm. That's a, that's a great idea. And you know something they taught me to, they made it good to be Jim and they taught me to respect my own decisions and to think, and to think them out at any rate. 44 years ago, when I was 42 years old, I mm-hmm. sat down and I wrote a love letter to them. That's all I was doing. I just felt like writing oh. a note and I and I wrote it and I titled it Dear Old Friends. It was about 60 pages long then. And I looked at it and smiled and filed it and forgot it. I was not, I was nuts busy. I was changing careers. I had two kids in college. Mm-hmm. I was just out of my mind. Wow. Anyway, anyway, the years have gone by. Good mm-hmm. years. Good years. I've had a hell of a good ride. I can tell you. <laughs> and, and I, I found the manuscript last year and I read it again. And I still smiled and I still oh. believe, I still believed what I had said back 44, then. 44 years ago. And right. I, so I, I rewrote it and updated it, you know, mm-hmm. because I found now I'm one of them. I'm a dear old friend right, to many, right. to many younger people. Mm-hmm. So I, I just felt it was worthwhile. And that's when I added the subtitle, a loving reminder, the band won't stop playing till you stop dancing, because right. that's what the book is about. It's about telling old people to get up. Keep and going. Live. Okay. That's right. Well, thank you for sharing that with us, you know, that makes me think of myself, you know, because I, I kind of feel like throughout my life too, my friends, I mean, I have friends within my own age group, but people that I confide with are typically decades older than I am, many years older than I am. Those are people I also consider my friends. So to listen to you say that your friends were older, so I can definitely relate to that sentiment. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. there's, a, there's a wonderful proverb. It's an African proverb mm-hmm. that says when, when an elder dies, it's as if a library burns down. That is so true. That you is know, so very true. I felt that way about my older friends. That is true. I agree completely. And your phrase, today is the oldest you've ever been and the youngest you will ever be. So let's make it the most out of it. This tone of phrase sounds very interesting. Would you elaborate the concept of old towards young for our listeners? Okay. You know, it's easy when you're getting older, and I acknowledge that I am older. I'm no longer young (laughs) 
swinging gym by any means. <laughs> but it's, it's, it's very easy to say, well, I'm living on borrowed time. So mm-hmm. to hell with that. To hell with anything. Uh-huh. I think I, I think I'll I'll just watch TV or, or sit around and, and think about how bored I am. And that's nonsense. Mm-hmm. So I want you to make today productive, make right. it worthwhile. Mm-hmm. Doing something for yourself or someone else will mm-hmm. enter it will energize you. It really Absolutely. will. Absolutely. I agree with that. People who are most engaged remain energized and more productive. So yeah, that's point well taken. Thanks. It is a full of friendly. So your book is a full of friendly advice on how to live a happier, better life at any age, as well as maintain and create better relationship with the world around you. So your thoughtful suggestions with various strategies to be happy and live longer, can you please draw a light into the relationship between happiness and longevity? Okay, this is a short, it's a short answer, but I think it's very important. Mm-hmm. Trust me, and I really believe this. When you have a reason for getting up in the morning happier, you will be healthier. A help, a happier person is a healthier person. True. I know, I know I'm much too busy to be sick. Yes. Now, even when, when I was having the vaccinations, I said, you will not have a reaction. <laughs> no, no, maybe, maybe I listened to myself. I didn't. <laughs> I, you know, if, Mindset. <laughs> getting, getting up and every day is hot damn. I, have, I remember when I first got to New York out of college and I got a job for $3,400 a year. I took home after taxes, $200 a month, and I had no allowance from home, and I was living in New York. So wow. was, I li- was I living, <laughs> you know, every nickel right. counted? Mm-hmm. And I, I remember getting up every day thinking, wow, I get to go to work, and I'm going to learn something, and I'm going to do something. You know, I, maybe I was a budding workaholic back then, but I, I remember loving it. You know, it was it was having a reason to get up in the morning and to be glad to get up in the morning. I feel so sorry for people that say, God, I just hated what I hate my job and I hate getting up every day and taking the train or taking the bus or the subway or getting to, that would be painful. But boy, if if you can give yourself a reason for saying, I'm going to get up today because I'm going to do this or that or that or that Mm -hmm. or that, then it's great. Okay. That is such a, a powerful statement because mindset, our mindsets are a big driver of how we live, how we feel within. Oh, yeah. um, so obviously the notion that you get up in the morning feeling excited about your work, regardless of how, how little or how much you're going to earn from that job, but you remain excited, wanting to do it is something to look forward to. It's a, it's a good practice in life. Oh, I think it's vital. <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely. So as we enter the new year, because this is this is our first podcast yeah. for this year. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah, 
Yeah. So this is Thank my new, yeah. This is the first interview for 2022. So, what message do you have for our listeners? Say by your words, by thoughts, or often by deeds. Um, what message would you preach to people? Well, obviously, I have different messages for different groups. I mean, mm-hmm. for yo- for younger folks. And I'm yes. going to share. I'm going to share one of my favorite quotations in the world. It comes from people, British Wag. He was a writer and actor and producer, Noel Coward, who okay. who years ago said something that I totally bought into, and I still do at age mm-hmm. 86. I love it. Work is much more fun than fun. Ah. <laughs> is, is it great? Is it that great? is so I, great. You know, people say to me, Jim, why are you still working, you nut? Why don't you just float around in your pool with a margarita in your hand? And I, can, <laughs> I said, I can't imagine anything more boring. Right, right. Because if you're working, you know, what I want for all of my and all of your aging friends to think about Mm-hmm. is passion. No, yes. no, not not that kind of passion. <laughs> but but a passion for doing something instead of just watching TV, how about learning to paint or to write? Start a business. Learn how to swim. Hmm. Learn how to play bridge. Learn a new language. Yeah. Get a col- get a college degree. Join a book club, volunteer. You'd be amazed how much help your church and your hospital needs. I mean, if you have one of those things going on or or Mm -hmm. decide to become a music buff and study opera. Mm -hmm. I mean, I have a friend, she's 83 years old and she's working on getting her first college degree right now. And she she loves it. She said, she said, I go to a community college and the kids look at me like, my God, look at that. Right, (laughs) right. And and she said, I'm she said, I think I'm getting more out of the class than they are. (laughs) (laughs) So that that is incredible. Yeah, I think so. I just say do something. It'll be it'll if you do something, it'll do something wonderful for you. Yes, and all these things that you mentioned, Jim, as brain stimulating, obviously, that will generate much, much healthier life because you're engaged um, in something meaningful that you're doing. And hopefully you're doing something you enjoy as well. I mean, that's those are really great tips that you shared with us. So thank you. So in this podcast, we focused on caregiving, dementia Mm. awareness and promoting healthy aging. Can you share your personal connection to these issues with us as a dementia caregiver because you had um, experience caring for your partner who uh, lived with dementia? And um, can you tell us more more about your journey? Yeah, that's a a painful education, but I I can speak about it. Uh, My partner was... A wonderfully, wonderfully talented man. He was a five-language international. He could design and build custom homes from the ground up. He mm-hmm. planned and planted gardens. He ran two restaurants as the chef. 
he could do all of those things. I, I do nothing but type. <laughs> well, I manipulate people also. I that's, can run that's companies. That's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> at, any, at any rate, he had some serious physical health issues. He had mm-hmm. a spinal problem, which was surgery. Okay. He had, he had rheumatoid arthritis. He had neuropathy and dialysis on top of all that. Mm-hmm. So he, phys- he physically had to back away from his passions. He could no longer build. He could no longer plant. He could no longer cook. Mm. And I really believe, I mean, that's when he drifted into dementia. And it, it killed everybody, it killed everyone oh. who knew him. You know, and I took over. But I really believe that it was having to lose his passions that permitted his mind to slip away into another dimension mm-hmm. you know that it just because he would before that he was always so busy and doing it it just, it just couldn't have happened at any rate we took care of him here at home i have a, a darling uh, the treasure of my life is a sweet little mexican lady whom i call the nanny <laughs> who's okay. lived who's lived under my roof for 22 years and oh, takes okay. And takes loving care. I'm very fortunate. It takes loving care of me, my house. She cooks brilliantly. And she and I together took care of Bob. And we we took care of him. And it was an around the clock, seven day a week. That's nice. Um, You know, and and it it was just, uh, I mean, Bob is very lucky to have something like that, um, to have to leave at home and have a live-in person who helps right. with all of his care along with you. Um, that's a, that's special. It's yeah, special. I mean, I mean, he was almost 85. He's still, hell, I'm 86. I'm, I'm not expecting to check out <laughs> right, right away. Well, you know? you're, <laughs> but, you're going 60, <laughs> just like you told me. You're going, going, on 60. going on 60. I mean, I know there are, I know there are medical conditions and family histories that might can lead one into Alzheimer's, mm-hmm. which that would worry the hell out of me if it if it ran in the family. But they mm-hmm. are making great medical advances now with medicines and things to help that. And hopefully we'll see a cure for it in our lifetime. So, you know, that, certainly that, in your lifetime, if be, not in mine. <laughs> yes, that would definitely okay. be wonderful, something to right. be hopeful for. What was that journey like? If you can t- speak a little bit about being a caregiver, caring for someone with dementia. Okay, I, What's your day today? I really studied up on it, and I heard a, a terrific description of dementia, which I will share with all of our listeners. If you think of your life as a, as a tall, narrow bookcase, and the top shelf is this week, mm-hmm. yesterday, today, or in the... the Second shelf is also very current. It's everything happening this week. And then as it goes down to the bookcase, it's 15 years ago. And down to the bookcase is 30, 40 years ago. Mm. Suddenly, there, there's a little tremor, a little earthquake. Mm. And the, yeah. bookcase, the bookcase, the bookcase okay. shakes. Yeah. The top two shelves go, oh, wow, boom, boom. Books fall out. They get all messed up. Mm-hmm. They're a little confused in the middle of the bookcase the bottom is okay so you suddenly find it is what's happening right now has gone away you know Mm -hmm. so you're talking to somebody 
whom you know is totally brilliant and they're getting a vaccination and says, why am I getting this damn shot? I say, well, Bob, you know, there's a big virus going around the world. He said, what virus? Uh-huh. The virus was gone away, you know, completely gone away. Yeah, who, who, about and, and, and in the last month, who owns this house? He said, looking around, you know, oh. not, not sure. On the other hand, we would be t- chatting, talking about something, and he would bring up something from 30, 35, 40 years ago. We yes, were partners, ago, yeah. for, partners for 48 years ago. He would bring mm-hmm. up something in detail, things I had forgotten, but he <laughs> was bringing up in detail. And remember, so-and-so came, and then she said this, and he said that, and da-da-da-da-da. And I thought, my God, and that is also, that's dementia. That and is so dementia. When you're dealing with somebody with dementia, mm-hmm. you must be aware of that today all current events are gone. Yes, they're non-existent. <laughs> some, some older, but the really older things, they'll come back with memories, mm-hmm. and that's great. Other than that, what really counts is their reality, not yours. You can't Amen. say... No, you're wrong. You're wrong. It's so-and-so is the president. And this is what we're doing. That doesn't matter. It is their reality. And so therefore you just change your point of view and you say, you you roll with it. You go, you go with it. And Oh man, Jim, that is so true. God, God, it was hard. I mean, Uh, you know, I, I, At times, I just I didn't think I could go on doing it. It was mm-hmm. it was so, so hard on an everyday yeah. basis. Yeah. Well, bless now, you for it. Yeah. Hey, yes. we were there right right to the end. We said goodbye. That's that's said nice. Goodbye. Yeah. yeah. He was, he's he's a lucky one. He's a lucky mm-hmm. one. Yeah. So you mentioned you do nothing but keyboard, <laughs> 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 and. I know you mentioned, um, (laughs) oh, look at that. Look at that. Look at that. It's always in my hands. Yeah. Yeah. So you, it's my understanding that you started using keyboard since you were 14, which is unusual for your generation. Yeah. Uh, But because of your family background with your dad being the DA in the um, place that you guys were, that's you right. Were introduced to this uh, world of keyboarding and writing at a very early age. Yeah. He said in 1949, mm-hmm. when I said, Do I have to, t- why do I have to take typing, daddy? I mean, only girls take typing so they can become secretaries. And, right. and, he, and he said, I was 13 or 14, he said, mm-hmm. Jimmy, Jimmy, the world will be run by keyboards. He is so right. He, and he is that was so 1949. So, right. <laughs> yeah. so anyway, I took up typing and eventually I became a writer. I would and I was paid to be a commercial writer. Nice. You know, I was a, I was a copywriter in advertising and I worked hard and I worked my way up to the corner office as creative director. I was the nice. one calling the shots for British Airways or Smirnoff Vodka or Ding Dong Avon Lady or you know, all those different different things. You, you know, you live in different worlds mm-hmm. to sell those products, but it was it was good. And uh, and it, then I became an innkeeper 
just gambling, crap shooting yeah. with my life. And it required so much writing, writing corporations to bring their meetings, writing brides and mothers of brides. I've been married 176 times. You know? Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, right. And no, and no alimony. But, <laughs> but uh, you know, and I, I've always said that writing is the hardest non-physical job because everything has to work. Mm-hmm. You know, if if this mm-hmm. isn't working, if you if your point of view is gone, if your your view of life, your view of people, your acceptance mm-hmm. of characters, of vocabularies, of accents, yeah, how can you write? You know, you you just can't do it. But I'm also very grateful to be a writer because with today's technology, it's so easy to maintain touch with. I have one daughter in Pennsylvania. I have one daughter in England. Mm-hmm. So I have grandsons in Brooklyn, Japan, and England, oh. right? Wow. And and with technology, it's very easy. It's when easy. I was when I was growing up, when you went away to college, mm-hmm. you wrote one letter a week to your mom, <laughs> wrote it out, and one once a week she would send a letter back to you. Oh, and that, that was it. That's how you that communicated, was, yeah. And now, now it's a Viber call, so I can talk, talk to my daughter in England mm-hmm. at least once a week, and we have a long chat about life and stuff. Right. You know, and, I'm, and I'm and I'm grateful for the keyboard and grateful what it does for my for my life. Think, things have definitely changed from that time to now, and it's especially oh. when it comes to technology and how we interact through uh, through that those means. Absolutely. And, and let's tell all of our older friends, if you can, take up email if you yes. don't, because that way your kids and your grandchildren can talk to you. Exactly. They can talk to you and you can text with them and you can jump and Zoom and see them and talk with them and or WhatsApp, right. you know. Right. Yeah. Uh, there's a world of, you know, means to communicate via those, uh, those, those technology stuff. <sighs> Absolutely. Yeah. Can you tell us what the importance of adaptability and flexibility in our aging journey? Yeah, there are no guarantees in life. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, I'm going to use, if you ever played poker or bridge, I'll use a card playing terminology. Okay. You play the hand you're dealt Mm. You know, and if it if it's a winning hand, hey, that's easy. I win. Boom, boom, boom. Give me your chips. <laughs> you know, I win. I'm I'm healthy. I can do anything. I can climb mountains. I'm I'm healthy. If you get a lousy hand, mm-hmm. you know, maybe your DNA gives you poor eyesight, mm-hmm. or you have a family tendency toward cancer. Mm-hmm. Happens. You have it head on, you know, and adjust your personal journey. I mean, a a friend, a friend of mine told me about a month ago, she said, we were all packed, Jim, and we were heading for Disney, going to Disneyland because we'd never been. And instead, Mm -hmm. we went to the Mayo Clinic. (laughs) (laughs) That's quite a reverse. (laughs) And I said, how was the ride? I said, how was the ride? She said, Okay, I think I'm going to get another another 10 or 20 years out of it because I went to Mayo Clinic instead of ignoring the problem. So dealing with the problem, dealing with right. the problem. Yes. Right. Yes. Okay. Head on. All right. 
Yeah, thank you for sharing that. That's very insightful, very insightful. You know, as far as the adaptability and flexibility, you know, your point of view, how do how would people who have difficulty adapting or, you know, people who are not as flexible with how they do things, what would be a way to kind of um, deal with those obstacles and remove those fears and challenges in their situation? Well, I think when you first get bad news about yourself or someone you love, I think, and I, in a way, I almost think it's worse when it's about someone you love. Someone else, yep. Mm-hmm. You know, someone, me, I'll take care of me. I'm, ah, you know, yeah. I'll yeah. say, don't, don't you dare turn against me. <laughs> but <laughs> I, 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 I worry, I pray every Sunday, please, God, don't let anything happen to my daughters because oh, it would be, yeah. it would be terrifying. Mm-hmm to be worried about them, you know, but when you really get bad news, first analyze the best choices for dealing with the problem mm-hmm. and don't, and don't take it on by yourself. Share it. Mm-hmm. Everyone has a best friend. Yes. If it's not their husband or wife or their children, mm-hmm. they have friends that matter. Mm-hmm. And you always have a doctor. Some every everybody should have a primary physician in their life, and you go to them and say, "Hey, <laughs> yes, let's give me a new map. What right. are we going to do?" Okay, right. all right. Yeah. So, Jim, it's interesting that at this age you talk about how you get up and pray that you know God, nothing bad happens to your children. Um, right. You know, I always feel like, you know, life has different faces, you know, at certain phase, like for me right now, my kids are teenagers and mm. I kind of feel like they are like, <laughs> you know, like they are like in the center of my world. Like every minute, if I have to pray any prayer, they come first, like their prayers come first. But still you are at 86, your kids' prayer come first. So I guess... I should know that maybe this is a trend that is going to last forever. Like there's prayers Ab- come for us. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's that's amazing. Uh, that, I guess that's the way parenting works. Right. Yeah. So what message would you send to older people who are dealing with challenging health? Or well, health challenges? I think, first of all, you have to decide whether they are just annoying health challenges that may not go away. Oh, my hip hurts. But then I remember I did break my femur about four years ago and I did have a half a hip put mm-hmm. in. And now and then it may hurt. Maybe I'm not doing enough PT to do it. Mm-hmm. And if they require pain medications, you have to understand that those medications sometimes can be hurtful to your daily well-being. Right. I mean, really, really look at your, your medications and analyze them. But mm-hmm. then if you're if you have a really, really serious health challenge, first talk to your primary physician. I think that's very important. And decide, mm-hmm. and then decide if your mate is up to handling the problem Mm -hmm. by himself or herself. 
Mm-hmm. And if not, who can? Yeah. Can you can you afford to bring in a helper? Can one of your kids step in and take over? Mm-hmm. Especially if you're dealing with early stages of dementia or Alzheimer's. Right. Mm-hmm. You know? And if you and by the way, if you feel that is happening to you, mm-hmm. I remember President Reagan yes. saying, folks, guess what? I'm I'm gonna have to resign the presidency because I am not consciously thinking he admitted yes. problem coming which is okay. so brave which is so that brave was brave that was brave yes. lot, most people brave. M- most people don't know what's happening to them and most people who even suspect it's happening to them no the stigma, they don't want to deal with it they just want to ignore they just want to deny right. it and deny and you know yeah. And, you know, as they say, denial is not a river in Egypt. It's, you know, it's, <laughs> if you feel something like that is happening to you, try to acknowledge it to your family and friends so they won't be surprised or frightened mm-hmm. when yeah. it happens, as we were when mm-hmm. we when we watched Bob. It, in fact, I missed it for about a year and a half because I thought it was just, ah, we're just old people. You know, you walk into a room and say, why did I walk in this room? <laughs> you know, it's that old, <laughs> yeah. old thing. But like we all, normal we forgetfulness, all, yes. Yes, but then suddenly big things happen. I thought, mm-hmm. oh, oh my God, we're someplace else. Okay. Yeah, I mean, that that is so true. Dealing with the problem right on and accepting yeah. that there is a problem because you truly can't try to fix something you did not accept that is happening. So- no, and- and some problems aren't worth doing a big thing on. If, it, if it's just normal aches and pains, mm-hmm. you know, I, I really say, I, I, I'm funny. If I have any kind of ache, I go, ugh, because I'm not accustomed to waking up with pain. Mm-hmm. And I'm, 80, I'm 86. And yeah. I wake up every morning saying, ah, okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> Ready to take on the world, right? Right. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, Jim, um, what is it that you do for self-care? Okay. I am very disciplined. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a disciplined human being. I roll out of bed in the morning and turn around and make my bed. Good even for though you. I, Even though my nanny will come in and say, Senor Jim, you know that I will make your bed. And I say, someday you'll have to. But until you have to, until you have to, I will do it. I will I'm do taking, it. Like Admiral McLaren wrote it in a book called Make Your Bed. And everybody should read it. It's a wonderful little book. Okay. He was a, an admiral. And he said, you take something messy and sloppy and you make it neat. And that way you start your day putting things in order. Right. right. So anyway, right. part of my discipline, I stopped smoking 60 years ago. Good that's one. You. That's one reason I'm sitting here. And for goodness sake, if you smoke, any of you out there listening to us, stop it right now. That's right. right. Now. Stop it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, come on. Yes. <laughs> although, it, although it was not a big problem in my life, I decided when I turned eighty, I thought I, I found I was having another drink that I didn't need at night, and so I stopped drinking. Good so for I, you. Good I, for you. I, I have. No alcohol at all. Okay. Next, next, I eat only two meals a day. I have ah. the same, the same breakfast every day. People say, does it bore you? I said, Mm-mm. I have freshly cut up fruit, uh, maybe a double portion of it, covered, okay. 
covered with Esther. That's the name of my nanny. Esther's homemade applesauce. Okay. And so I'm having all fruit. I have no rolls, no biscuits, no bread, no nothing. I just have fruit in the morning. Nice. And, and, and black coffee. I then go down to the pool and I do 30 minutes of serious exercise every morning, whether I want, whether I want, whether I want to or not, I have a pool in. <laughs> okay. I, okay. I admit, I admit at this age and stage of my life, I am fortunate. I've made the right decisions. I have a pool in my house. Good for you. My house is a converted yeah. barn and we had room for it. And there was a pool with it and we built over the pool. And so I can go in the pool in the morning, not swim laps. I go in and do exercises with weights that I do all kinds of stuff. Okay. And I do it for 30 minutes, deep knee jogs and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And that gets me going, come up, take a shower, get dressed for my day at work. Then around between two and four o'clock in the afternoon, I have dinner, a full dinner. Wow. I've skipped. I was having all the years of taking care of the partner. We mm-hmm. were having breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And sometimes okay. it was pa- pasta five times a week because that's what he wanted. And I wanted him to have whatever he wanted. Didn't matter. Oh, yeah. Right. So now I eat a very healthy, I have wonderful food with great fish or chicken or beef or things and a lot of vegetables and always a salad and that kind of thing. And for dessert, I have a low calorie ice cream, <laughs> but I, you know, I, I do all that. I take all my morning pills and evening pills with a vitamin enriched juice kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I weigh five pounds less than I weighed at the end of basic training in the army. <laughs> You know, know, Jim, I was actually my question to you when you started talking about this. I was going to say, Jim, were you in the army? Because what I find from working with aging people is that people who have been in the army, they want their beds made in very special ways. Like they want their beds tied tied up. Right. Right. So for you, for just hearing from you, like. Oh, you you get up and you turn around and make your bed right away. Right. And I've seen that in a lot of those folks who's been right. in the army. So making their beds is something important to them. Yeah. I mean, my children say, Do you realize what a pain in the neck you always were? <laughs> I used to in the morning I'd wake them up kissing their bellies when they were little girls. And, oh. and I'd say, now get get up and knead up your room. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. they said, yeah. My God. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's but, quite you know, interesting. Then, then I go I go to bed at nine so that I can read for about an hour before I turn out the light. That's important to me to have an hour of reading reading for pleasure, usually. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And mind you, this is what I'm doing at age 86. In my 60s and 70s, we traveled a lot. And okay. we, spent every, we spent every winter in Mexico. We had, okay. a, we had a home in Acapulco. Oh, so, nice. nice. So, and we're still very bilingual in our home. We always speak uh, Spanish and English. <laughs> oh, good for you. Lucky, lucky. That's good. Yeah. yeah. Well, now about your book, where can people find it? Okay, you can find it on Amazon. This is a poster to show you the book. Yeah, nice. Called, yeah, called the dear old friends. Dear oh, old I love friends. the I love the pictures of oh my goodness. Anyway, that's beautiful. Yeah, here, here, here's here's the book itself, but it's easy All right. to read yes, the, that's the, the poster. poster. 
the poster. And you can find that on Amazon. You mm-hmm. go under the Amazon books under under Kindle. And mm-hmm. if you type in either Dear Old Friends, it should take you to this. Or you can okay. type in James B. Flaherty, F-L-A-H-E-R-T-Y. Okay. <laughs> and that will, that will take you... Uh, Right to, to the book. To the book. Okay. okay. I will also share the link on the show notes. Oh, and, bless your heart. Um, Great. Yes, Thank definitely. you. Thank you. Of course. Thank you. Of course. Do you have any final thoughts for us? Yes, I do. And it's something very important. And I'm goes back to I was very fortunate. My mother was widowed twice. And she was mm. a, ter- a terrific dame. All of my friends said, I'll trade you. No, I'll pay you if you take my mother and I get yours. <laughs> <You> know, <'cause laughs> mother, mother was funny. She was hip. She was a nurse. She, she was, oh. she was ter- terrific and a lovely woman. Mm-hmm. And she raised me with the golden rule, which actually mm-hmm. started back with, what's his name? The old Chinese philosopher. I'm having a, a mental ma- senior moment. Yeah. But the golden rule, yes. do, un- do unto others as you would have others do unto you. Right. It's a very nice idea. And as I got older, I said, lay that on a four or five-year-old. And they'll go, huh? Because <laughs> the, lang- the language is very awkward, I thought. So mm-hmm. I rewrote it. I rewrote okay. it for myself and my children and okay. my, my, my darling daughters, now 60 and 62, Wow. Play, play it back to me all the time. They say, Dad, it's good. And they use it with their own, with my four grandsons. Five words. You get what you give. Huh. So yes. If, if you, you get give, what you give. Yes. You get what you give. If you give a helping hand, you get a, sympathetic, a sympathetic ear, a generous heart, a warm embrace, you mm. get it back. If all you do is yell and complain and criticize and make demands and spread depression and anger, mm. that comes back too and bites you, you know where. <laughs> so <laughs> it, it really is just, you remember it. And I, so I want you to remember that you, you, you get what you yep. give. You and get also, what you give. And I also want you to remember it's an old one. I didn't write the line. You're mm-hmm. only as you're only as old as you think. Ah, yeah. So so think young and thank you, Fatu. I sure enjoyed oh, being with you. Thank you, thank <laughs> you, thank you, Jim. I very much enjoy being with you, and I'm sure our listeners will enjoy listening to all of these absolutely wonderful nuggets that you've shared with us today. So thank you so very much. Thank you, dear. Yes. Okay. Thanks so much for tuning in to Super Agent Podcast. I hope you enjoyed the program. If you have any questions, feel free to reach out by leaving us a comment or sending us a message via email at superagentpodcast at gmail.com or connect with us through social media. And if you haven't done so already, please feel free to subscribe to any of your favorite podcast listening site Apple, Spotify, or anywhere you listen to your podcast and leave us a review. Until next time, remember that self-care is self-love. Take good care.